The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. You ever have those days when you just feel like, I don't know, like you're losing your marbles? Um, I've had a few of those days. I think this is going to be a hazard, isn't it? All you moms are going to be thinking the whole time, he's going to totally step on one of those and bite it. Um, You ever ask somebody, how are you doing? And you know what they're going to say every time. I'm busy. Right? All of you, like you would say, right? most people, when they ask you how you're doing, what you say to them is, I'm super busy. I say it, you say it, we say it because we have filled our life to the max and uh, we're running, you know, at breakneck speed. And, uh, you know, when we added uh, number five baby to our home, life got busier. And I will say, uh, we have spent the last, I don't know, 15 months constantly trying to get back to normal. And just a couple months ago, like it hit me. I mean, I mean, like recently, I said to Laura, I, I think this might be our new normal. Like we may never get back to the way it was. Like, so, because life is crazy and busy and chaotic. And maybe you thought to yourself, like, I just need more time in a day. I would be curious, I'm not going to necessarily ask you to raise your hand, but I would bet that most of you have had a moment when you thought, I just need more time. I need more time to get this project done. I need more time to get my chores done. I need more time to get life done. And uh, you've probably wrestled with that. I need more time. And the reality is, if if tomorrow morning when you woke up, you woke up to a 30-hour day, first, it would sound really cool, wouldn't it? But I know how you would use it. You would use it exactly the same way you're using your day right now. Because intentionally or unintentionally, you've already decided how you're going to use the most valuable, non-renewable resource, your time. So I want you to imagine with me your life like marbles. And up here on the stage, is in these jars about four, just over 4,000 marbles because the average person is born with a life expectancy about 77 years. So ladies, you've got about a year and a half extra. You're you're on average, you're gonna live to be 78.6 years old. And guys, hate to break it to you, but it's because we do dumb things. Um, And so we're likely to live to about 76 and a half. And so if you average it out, you and I, if each marble represented a Monday, a weekend, a week, every week of your life was a marble, you'd have about 4,000 of them. You can do the math real quick. You can fact check me. It's true. We did the math a couple times to make sure. And uh, so for me personally, I I, I was wrestling with this, but I have about 1,800 marbles left. Um, moms, there's a specific amount of marbles you have left with each of your kids. You have a specific amount of marbles left in your life. How are you using 
the marbles you have left? Or are you just losing your marbles? You're just spending them, wasting them, totally and unintentionally living and going through life without any rhyme or reason. You're just going from this thing to that thing, busy and hectic and chaotic. And anybody who stops you says, how are you doing? You're like, I'm busy. What are you doing? I don't know, I'm just busy. And you ever met those people, they're busy, that you work with them. All of you work with somebody who's busy all the time and yet you have no idea what they actually do. I think most of us live our lives like that. We're going, 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 and yet if you were to stop, you're like, what have I actually done? What am I doing with my life? I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I want to offer a little bit of hope. Jesus was in a season where he had started teaching using stories and illustrations um, because he wanted to help people really understand what he was trying to get at, and he found that storytelling seemed to work better. So Jesus told a story about time and how we use time and how most people just kind of go through life. And so the story we're going to jump into is found in the gospel according to Luke, meaning it was written by a guy named Luke. And the word gospel means Luke is sharing the good news about the life and teachings of Jesus from his eyewitness experience and under the inspiration of God's spirit in him. So God's prompting him what to say. And he's recording this moment where Jesus is teaching and he writes this and we're gonna read along Luke chapter 12. Jesus is teaching the crowds and he says, be dressed, that's a good start any teaching. Be dressed. Man, I am in rare form this weekend. <laughs> Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. So Jesus is using this illustration. He goes, now imagine you're, you're a servant, meaning you're, you're a worker and your, empl your uh, employer goes away. Now the phrase most of the time is when the cat's away, the mice will play, and they do, don't they? Those of you that are employers, you know exactly what I mean, right? Like, it's really hard to get a lot of productivity out of your workers when you're not there to supervise. And if you're a worker, you appreciate when the boss is not hanging, you know, looking over your shoulder, because you can breathe a little easier. Frankly, you get a little more freedom, a little more, you know, flexibility. And you know as well as I do, you probably relax and don't work nearly as hard, right? And so this is kind of what Jesus is saying. He goes, imagine a master, so in that, term, in that ancient time, you had a master and servants. He goes, so the employer is going away. He's actually going off to a wedding banquet. And it's wise for those that are dressed ready and waiting for the boss to return. They're actively waiting for his arrival. He goes, and it will be good for you that when he comes and he knocks, you're ready for him. And so Jesus is making this point. He goes, imagine your life like you're a worker. He goes, and some are very ambitious, some are lazy. But regardless of whether they're ambitious or lazy, most are not ready for their employer to return. And so he's challenging us. He, he's actually making a challenge with how you spend your life and whether you are focused on being ready for the next life. That's actually where he's driving with this little illustration. And so the point for us is, if I have 4,000 marbles, it, it almost doesn't matter 
It really doesn't matter how much money you have, how educated you are. I mean, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have or what, what, what uh, titles are in front of your name or what letters are behind your name. It doesn't matter uh, what you've accomplished or achieved. Most of us are poor with time and time management. We are, we are poor with the time we have and we use our time poorly. In essence, you could say we are not rich in what matters most. And so Jesus gave us this teaching, and I want to I push in on this a little bit. So how do we get it right? How do we live richly in what matters most by being ready for the life to come? And how do those two things fit together? Well, let me give you a challenge, and I'm going to give you a principle from the marbles, all right? Is that all right so you guys understand what I'm driving with this? Here's my simple challenge to you. You can write this down. In your program, there's a place to take notes. In the study guide we gave you, uh, you can take notes. Feel free to pull out a smartphone or a tablet. Uh, hopefully, I've gotten your attention. Um, you're all, because at the very least, you're going to wait to see me spit wipe out. So here, here's what I want you to write down. Don't lose your marbles. Can you take a moment and just write that down? It's right here, so you can't miss it. Don't lose your marbles. Don't, don't waste your marbles. Don't throw them away. Some of you, I'm going I'm to give kind of a, a guy illustration here, but um, you all are going to get it. If you've ever been driving and your car, if you were to take your hands off the wheel, now don't do this, but if you were to take your hands off the wheel, not because you're texting, because that's illegal, but because you, you just you want to see what happens to the car. If you take your hands off the wheel, if your car veers, like it pulls to the right or it pulls to the left, it's because your car is out of alignment. And some of you are like, wait, what? It's not supposed to do that? Yeah, you need to bring it to a mechanic. <laughs> For all of you who are great at, you know a lot about cars. Here's the deal, right? It's out of alignment. And um, here's what happens, right? You bring it to a mechanic and they have to get it back into alignment because a car is supposed to go straight if you let go of the wheel. Here's what happens. Our life with time is out of alignment. Our life pulls away from things that are good and toward things that will waste our time. We do it instinctively. Our life is out of alignment, so we want to take marbles and put them in things that don't matter. We put them in things that will actually suck our time and suck our life. Why do we do this? Because there's this core element inside of us. If you were to call it this part that's out of alignment, it's called sin. Sin has thrown your car out of balance. It's thrown your life out of balance. And as a result, um, it pulls. It pulls away from what's good toward what's bad. This word sin, it's a word that Jesus used and other biblical authors used to describe this misalignment where our spiritual life is broken, and so we pull away from God toward things that are wrong. We have desires, a pull toward things that will ruin us and wreck us, toward things that will hurt us and hurt others. When we get angry and we are mean to someone, it's because there's a misalignment in our life. We pull toward what is wrong. Sin doesn't just misalign our priorities. It doesn't just pull us away from what's best towards something less. Sin pulls us toward ruin. 
Sin ruins relationships because we pull away from that person and spending time investing in them toward other priorities. It pulls us away from our children toward finding our value in our performance or our achievements. Sin pulls us away from investing in what matters most toward other, other things that we think are valuable. And so as a result, it leads us toward a life of ruin and eternal judgment because the ultimate consequence of sin is that we push away from God, so we are broken spiritually, and then we're headed towards spiritual ruin. In eternity, we go into judgment. That's the, that's the painful part of it. But Jesus is telling this story about a master who's going away to a wedding banquet. And Jesus is actually talking about himself. And what he's actually saying is, I am going away to get a wedding banquet ready for you. Only you don't know it. You're busy working. You're busy and active. I am going away to prepare a wedding banquet. Not to celebrate a wedding, but to get it ready. And then I'm going to come back. And for anyone who is ready for me, I'm going to invite them to the wedding feast. Check this out. Jesus in another one of the gospels uh, from the eyewitness account of John. John heard Jesus teaching and he wrote this down in the narrative. Jesus is saying, I go and prepare a place for you. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then John, uh, when John's writing this, he says that one of the disciples, Thomas says, Jesus, we have no idea what you're talking about. We don't know where you're going. Therefore, we have no idea how to get there. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you want to know the way to eternal life, it's through me. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I, the master, am going away. And while you're still here, I want you to understand that I am the way to true life. What's the point? This is the, this is a challenge. Why did Jesus come? Because a whole bunch of people, all of us, were living our lives misaligned. We were being pulled toward things that would ruin us. We were living our lives, putting the marbles in places that we shouldn't put them and not in the places we should. As a result, we're wasting our marbles, our life, and our life is headed toward eternal ruin. So Jesus came to earth to take the eternal judgment we deserve on himself. When Jesus died on a cross, he wasn't dying for us. I mean, he wasn't dying because he deserved to die. He was dying in our place. The judgment we deserve was put on him. So that when he died, he died once for all. Meaning once for every one of us. So that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sins, guilt and shame removed, and in place of sin and eternal judgment, when you believe in Jesus, you are given new life, eternal life, meaning God's spirit, which is eternal and invisible, comes and enters into your eternal invisible spirit, which, was lit, which previously was misaligned. But when you believe in Jesus by faith and God's spirit enters you, now you're realigned so that because you're living the way of Jesus. You following me so far? Now, let's, let's jump back in the story where Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you, but I am going to come again. Who is he coming for? Those that are living ready for his return. So, so there's this picture. 
that right now, Jesus is away getting things ready for, for the eternal life you're going to enjoy when you pass from this life into forever life with him. And for anyone that lives their life ready because they're not constantly wasting their marbles, he is going to come and invite you to be with him in the wedding feast and then in his forever. You with me so far? Okay, so how do we get this right? How do we not lose our marbles? I'm going to give you two principles from the story Jesus shared, and I'm going to hopefully unpack them for you in a way that you can really apply this to your life. The the first one is just from the opening statement Jesus uh, was sharing that's written by Luke, and it's this. Let's just jump back to Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Jesus said, be dressed, ready for service. Now, that sounds kind of silly that Jesus would be talking about being dressed, ready for service, but here's what this actually means. Um, Don't forget, in ancient times, they wore big flowing robes, all right? So imagine you're walking around all day, every day, you got these big long robes, and they look really nice when you go to a wedding banquet, but when you have to work, they're not exactly uh, efficient. So here's what people would do. They would actually roll up their robes and tuck them into their belt. So they would serve more like shorts. And they would be tucked in so that when you tuck them in, you could work, you could lift, you could get near a fire without getting, you know, without getting caught on fire. And so Jesus was saying, be dressed ready for service, meaning keep your, keep your robe tucked in so that you can actively be working so you're not wasting your life and your time. That's actually what he was saying. Be, have your clothing tucked so you can actively work. Maybe a a better way to illustrate this, or or maybe a better metaphor is we use the phrase like, roll up your sleeves. So I I roll up my sleeves today, right? If 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 somebody's rolling up their sleeves, it's an expression that means I'm ready to get to work, right? I'm gonna roll my sleeves, I'm gonna get actively involved. So Jesus was saying, hey, roll up your sleeves. It's time for you to be ready. What's this idea of actively being ready for the work God's called me to do. So I just give you a little principle. To not lose your marbles, simplify your schedule. There it is right there. Simplify your schedule around what's important. Let me break it down another statement for you. Invest your best in what matters most. Did you catch that? If I'm going to simplify my schedule, what I'm challenging us to do is to invest our best, the only non-renewable resource you have, in what matters most. Follow me. Everything else you get in life, you can earn more of. You can earn more money. You can get get more education. Right? You can build new friendships. The only thing you can't get more of is time. It's all you get. This is it. You... It doesn't matter, like whatever the amount God's designed for you, that's all you get. So simplify your schedule so that you're not losing and wasting your marbles. Focus on what matters most. Here's the deal, your life is precious. You are not here by accident. You might think your life was an accident. You might think that the reason you're on this earth was a total mistake. God does not make mistakes. Your life has purpose and destiny and and value. Every marble God gives you is precious. Don't waste them. There's a purpose. God has given you the marbles he's given you. 
Don't, don't, don't throw them away. Don't waste them on what is not important. Now, I want to really push into this illustration because maybe you don't realize how you're using your marbles. So here it is. The, the reason why there's little tags up here is to kind of give you a little illustration of how we're currently using them. Remember, you have four, about 4,000. There's some things that all of us are going to spend our time on. You're, gonna, you're probably going to spend about 226 marbles, meaning weeks, driving. Interestingly, you're going to spend 19 in traffic. You're going to spend 50 looking for a parking spot. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, you're going to spend 538 of them working, 191 of them eating, 73 of them going to the bathroom. <laughs> Some more and less, but um, I, when I did the math of all the things that you're, you have to do, like you got to eat, you got to sleep, you, I mean, you kind of have to drive places. You know how many you have left? About 1,500. Check this out. The average person will spend 1,270 of them in front of a technological device. Computers, cell phones, social media. Um, if you look just at how much time people spend on Facebook, like literally, there's about 300 left. Let me really, I, I told my wife, she tried to tell me not to use this one. So I should probably think about this. Okay, so um, you'll spend two of them. No, no, no. No, 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 I, I was wrong. I, I got it. <laughs> Um, the average person will spend uh, like two of them kissing. I, I don't know about you, but at the end of my life, I want to spend more than two marbles kissing. <laughs> I, I am going to prioritize kissing more. I, I think, thank you. Now, I, I think Laura and I are on a good track record. I feel like we, we're ahead of the curve. We, we like making out, and so I feel like, I feel like, so, hey, hey, so check this out, though. I thought to myself, two? Really? And, okay. For all of the, the way the media makes such a big deal about sex, you know how many marbles? Seven. I don't know about you. <laughs> Come on. Like, <laughs> all right, what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, here's where I'm going with this. Here's where I'm driving at. I hope, I hope you're jumping ahead of me. Here's where I'm going with this. Like, you could be unwise and let your marbles be wasted on things that don't matter. Or you can be wise, redeeming the time. Do what Jesus said and say, I am going to be ready for his return. Therefore, I'm going to be wise with the time God has given me as a worker given a work day. Which means God has given me the time. I'm on his payroll, which means he decides the agenda. And I am going to be about what God wants me about so long as I have breath in my lungs. You know what God wants you to be about? He wants you to live according to values. That means you need to schedule your values. If you value something, you need to put time into it. If you value your children, okay, so what, 
does it mean to schedule your values? It means actually putting it on your calendar and then protecting it. Guard your values. Other things are going to come into your life and are going to try to redirect your priorities, try to get you off course. They're going to try to steal your marbles so that you feel like you're losing your marbles. Trust me. There's people who their entire industry is built on getting you distracted to put more time into what they want you to do. You've got to be vigilant. That was Jesus' point. Live vigilantly, ready as a worker, putting your time and focus, dressed with your robe tucked in, actively working at what matters most. So let me give you a list of priorities. You, want to, you know where we should be putting our time? Number one, first and foremost, God should get it all. But I also need, meaning I'm saying, God, my life is yours. But then I have to be strategic and say, God, I am going to set aside time on a regular basis to put my focus on loving you and knowing you and serving you and living for you. I want to worship you. I want to spend time in the word of God, in the presence of God, in worship of God. And then what else do we value? We got to value those we love. Let me, some of you, maybe you've never even heard this before. First and foremost, if you are married, you need to put your spouse as your top priority. Not, not God first, then my spouse, right? God, God is above all. All right, so, so don't get confused here. It's not God, number one, my, my spouse, number two. It's God is the priority of all of it. I want God to be at the center of my relationship with my wife. I want God to be at the center of my relationship with my kids. So here is the list of priorities of those we love. Your spouse first, then your kids, then extended family, your church family, then your responsibilities, work, and then everything else. Some of you, you've got it all backwards. You got golf ahead of your spouse. I mean, I shouldn't have said that. Some of your, your, your wives are like, hey, mother, it's, it's the weekend, so I can say that, right? But here's the thing, right? Like, get, reprioritize so that you're putting your marbles into what matters most. And then protect it. Guard it. Invest your best in what matters most. If you don't, others will come and steal them and waste them. And you'll look back on your life and feel like you lived it in the third person. Look, I get it. This is a struggle. We all wrestle with this. But I'm trying to give you a focus on the way Jesus taught. Now, let's jump back to Luke chapter 12 where Jesus is teaching. And I already read it to you, but let me read it again just so you don't miss this. Jesus said, be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like a servant, like servants waiting for their master to return. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes so we can go through and we can list what our values are. We can schedule according to our values, but don't miss this. Be ready for service with your lamps burning so that when the master returns, he finds his servants waiting and watching for him. The, the point is this, to not lose our marbles, we need to serve God. I talked about saying, God, you, you have all of them. They're all for you. You will never regret Spending your life on serving God. You will never waste your life if the marbles you give are first filtered through the hands of God. God, how do you want me to spend today? How do you want me to reprioritize today? Where do you want me to put my focus today? God, what will matter most today? Look, here's the deal. 
Jesus is using an illustration. He says, keep your lamps burning. In that time, it would be like, keep the house light on. There were no street lights. There were no house lights. And so he's saying, keep the lights on. Keep outdoors as the, before the master returns, keep the lights on. Well, you don't know when the master's going to return. So all throughout the night, a vigilant employee would have to get back up and refuel a lamp so that every night the lamp is burning because you don't know what day he's going to return. Well, what is your lamp? Your lamp is your faith. Keep your faith red hot. Keep your faith alive in God, constantly anticipating his return and alert to what God wants you to be about that day. And then he said, serving, keep your lamps burning in service, watching and waiting. In what way do we watch and wait? We say, God, I know that a day is gonna come when you're gonna return. The wedding feast is gonna be prepared and you're gonna return. There's a biblical picture of Jesus saying the church is his bride. And the idea of Jesus coming for us to bring us to where he is, but he's coming for those that are waiting and ready, but actively waiting and ready, alert in anticipation of his soon return. Meaning I'm living my life in such a way that I understand that I exist to serve him. I've been given a short window of time and I don't want to waste them. Don't spend your marbles on things that will not matter for eternity. Invest your life in what will matter most. I'll give you another phrase. Invest your best in what will last forever. Man, take these marbles and say, God, I want to, I want to put them into the place where it matters forever. I assure you, when you serve God by serving others, when you serve God by loving your family, when you serve God by loving people that are marginalized and broken, when you give your best resources to those that have less, when you, when you give your life and your love to those that are hurting and broken, it is making a difference for eternity. Invest your best in what lasts forever. So I've given you a challenge. Don't lose your marbles. Don't lose your marbles. Make sure that you simplify your schedule by scheduling your values. Every yes is a no. When you say yes to one thing, what are you saying no to? Are you focusing on what matters most? And are you focusing your time and energy on what will last forever? Can I challenge you now? Where are you at? Maybe you've lost your marbles. Maybe, maybe you came in and you're like, man, I, my wife is spinning out of control. My, not my wife. My life is spinning out of control. My life. Oh. And right now, you need God to redeem your time. With whatever amount of marbles you have left, you're going to say, God, I'm going to give them to you. I don't know what to do with them. I've messed it up so far, but God, I give you my life. If that's where you're at, I want to challenge you to take a moment. I want you to pray. And while you're praying, I'm going to ask you to respond with me. For others of you, believe in Jesus by faith, but you haven't realigned your life around the values of God. So while we pray, would you allow God's spirit to speak to you? Would you take a moment at all of our campuses? Would you close your eyes for a moment? Those of you that are joining us, you're, you're, you're with me on video. You're at, our, you're at the Leidersburg Cinemas. You're, you're with us at Wilson. I, I want you to 
Respond with me, along with those of you that are here right now. If right now you're ready to say yes to Jesus, you acknowledge that he died on a cross for you to bring your life into right alignment and you're ready for God to give you a new life and a new beginning. If that's you right now, would you just raise your hand high and say, yeah, that's me. That's where I'm at. I need a new beginning. I, I, I need new faith in Jesus Christ. My lamp isn't burning right now, but boy, I want it to be. I want to be ready for Jesus' return. I want to live my life ready. Would you just keep your hand up at each of our campuses? Would you just raise your hand right now and say, yeah, that's me. For those of you that are raising your hand, I want to take a moment. I want to pray with you. Jesus, thank you for the life you've given us. Lord, it is precious. And thank you that you are going to prepare a place for us and a feast for us. You're, you're promising us new life and a new beginning. Lord, thank you that right now we can acknowledge you as our Lord and as our Savior. For those that are raising your hand, God, and for those that are saying yes to you, Lord, I pray that you would meet them in a powerful way, that your spirit would enter into their spirit, that you would transform their life and redeem the time they have left so that now their life can begin to count for eternity. Jesus, may every one of us be confronted with this reality and challenged by this promise that we can live our lives ready for your return. We want to be actively about what you want us to live our lives for. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.